Foodcast Season 4, Episode 6. For audio navigation, press the Enter button now. There we are, I'm just blowing the dust off our recording equipment because after what must be three months, months? Three months wow. we are recording again. Uh, welcome to the Ucast. Sorry that we've been away so long. Things happened, didn't they? Like they Christmas did. and New Year yeah. and, and house moving and, and illness. And the yeah. Ucast Live. And the Ucast Live, yeah. <sighs> we wrote a whole play. That's what we were doing. Yeah. You and Alf did. I just acted in it. Yeah, well, broadly speaking. <laughs> we c- <laughs> we oh, still couldn't no have done it without you. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> So yeah, really good to be back, uh, but we're a bit behind. So in this episode, we will be <laughs> reviewing the Wedding of River Song. Couldn't even remember the name. It's been that long ago. Uh, we'll just leave a few minutes here so that you can go off and watch the episode again so you know what we're talking about. Oh, actually, they could just pause it, couldn't they? Yeah. yeah so we don't exactly. have to. Yeah. yeah, okay, that's fine. So let's just go on to the Ucast News. Ucast News. Everyone strap on their fact drives. It's the Ucast News. Network Rail have apologised for the complete disappearance of the Waterloo to Bank line via Gherkin, which they have put down to leaves on the line. And now, an urgent news flash of an unspecified threat. And now, an urgent news flash of an unspecified threat. And now, an urgent news flash of an unspecified threat. And now, an urgent newsflash of an unspecified... A high street optician has been reported to the Consumer Ombudsman after many customers reported faults with their eye drives, leading to headaches, nausea and occasional rigor mortis. A spokesperson for a rival firm was quick to point out they should have gone to Specsaver... In an attempt to combat global warming, which some have insisted is caused by sunspots and solar flares, Skoda have teamed up with Heinz Beans to create a new wind-powered balloon car, the Trouser Blast 1000. Scientists have been quick to point out that this initiative is unlikely to reduce the concentration of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. The Holy Roman Ambassador to Gaul has today apologised for the behaviour of Emperor Churchill during the recent Paris conference. He said the Caesar would never have made such a fuss about the food if the kitchen staff had stopped being all poncy and French about it and just heated up his tin of baked beans like he asked. The wedding gift list for the Doctor and River Song reads, Ooh, presents. I love presents. Presents are cool. Hmm, anything really, except pears, Rubik's cubes, apples, baked beans, yoghurt, bacon, bread and butter. The Holy Roman Emperor has vetoed the Senate's anti-obesity initiative, stating that he wants men about him that are fat. Achilles has confirmed that he will take part in the London Olympics as long as his tendonitis clears up. And finally, pet suppliers Pyramid Aquatics 
first for all your fish needs, have issued an urgent recall on their product, Mr. Bubbles and his tropical office. Any customers who have purchased Mr. Bubbles are instructed to remove his tank from their homes immediately and dispose in a safe and hygienic manner. Please be warned that Mr. Bubbles will not fit down a toilet and should not be released to lakes and rivers as he could damage existing wildlife. Right, we're off to Atlantis in our steam-powered brachiosaur. Until next time, news. Broadcast news. Right, pow! Let's get these review muscles flexing <laughs> once again. <laughs> Mine feel like string. That's, I've got I've got a cramp in mine. I may scream it and it's a big the episode. stretch. <sighs> the first mime of the of the new recording. <laughs> now I'm shaking my hands. <sighs> we can we can hear that. Your your paper is rustling with oh, <laughs> the energy of your Can I be the first to say Deus Ex Machina? Right, let's move on. You yeah, said that. Yes, well done, yeah. You were the first to say it. Because <laughs> it, it was, wasn't it? In the end. Well it, it was, was it was literally a machine that had a god in it. Well, yes, a lonely garden. Mm. Oh. Yeah, but I think you're using that slightly disparagingly, whereas I think that was a, it was a perfect yes. solution. Am I the only person who felt disappointed with the solution to the Doctor not dying? Yes. I, th- I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Because it was... I mean, I think the term deus ex machina means something... Is it not machina? Ca- well, yeah, I never know. Is it machina? I think it's machina, yeah. The yeah. thing is, it's Latin, so we don't really know how anything is pronounced. Could have been deus ex machina. That's right. Could yeah. have been that too. That's so the, the closest juice, you've got to saying it right. <laughs> anyway, this phenomenon, ghosts from the machine, God the from the machine. Of, of Chaucer, everyone spoke with a Birmingham accent. Chaucer would have had a Birmingham accent. Oh no, that sounds horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Was that Birmingham? <laughs> Not really. <no. laughs> um, yeah, I just no. imagine that I have a cold and I'm a bit depressed. Ooh. Well, now we've lost the whole Midlands. So- sorry. <laughs> That'll do it. Come well back. done. We, we've got we them back. We are your now. friends. <laughs> so um, the thing I was going to say was, I, I feel like a Deus Ex Machina is something that is just introduced right at the last moment yeah. in order to tie up yeah. plot threads. Whereas this has been established six episodes ago, and it was a, a kind of a startlingly easy way out that a lot of people me. didn't really connect. But that's what bothers me is that. All- what we're used to from the moth is something really extraordinary and unexpected to deal with a very difficult situation. Like at the end of last year's series, the Doctor reboots the whole universe. We weren't expecting that to happen in a million years. But this time round, it was prefigured with the test selector appearing at the beginning of The Wedding of River Yeah, Song. but you're weaned now on yeah. sort of special twists and things. That's not the only yeah. storytelling device. Another storytelling device is just laying the uh, the actors and the parts of your plot throughout the series and then bringing them together at the end. Now, if you're thinking and you're observing as a, a fan of the series, then you will be able to put those pieces together. But surely that's the joy in it. The fact that you could put all of it together and that the clues are there makes it better storytelling, not worse storytelling. Mm, okay. And it's, it's clearer storytelling too, because it's not, um, as in the end of series five, you could argue that it's layer upon layer of of, of puzzle and and almost misinformation this is just there is just a side plot which provides the answer which i i thought was just much more simple and that's and that's fair enough i think that easier. my sticking point is that 
all of the pre-series publicity and all of the build-up through the whole of the series was the Doctor does die. Yeah, but we knew he doesn't. Otherwise, yeah. to be fair point? on BBC publicity, the universe thought he was dead too. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Then maybe they were just following the same sources as their their news programming. And who could be upset yeah. with an episode that includes live battle chess? <laughs> do you know? Do you know that that's already been invented though in real life? That is something that yes. exists. Has yeah. anybody heard of it? No. Yes. It's a boxing chess where some toffee type people. Sorry, that's toffs. What, as in people? Like that. No, no, people yeah. make... Yes, oh. people who put their finger on their nose and make it look a bit piggy-ish. People made entirely of toffee. People made of toffee. Two they mils have of the a thing where they, <laughs> where they have a fight for a round and then they play a game of chess Yes, in between right. rounds. So, they, so basically, it's like double the bashing on your brain. And do they take their gloves off to play the chess? I no, that's part of, part of the fun, is that <laughs> just fumbling every piece. You know, nobody ever moves their pawns because they don't know how. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I try to stay away from the forums, uh, but being on Twitter, I have seen, I did see some reaction to the episode. People don't seem to have taken to it quite as much as perhaps the others. I absolutely loved it i really did the amount of inventiveness on show the the just the sheer scale of the invention that moffat brings to this episode i think is breathtaking mm. uh, there isn't too much timey-wimey stuff to wrap your head around once you get the idea that mm. this is this is one moment just before he dies the universe mm. is folding in on mm. itself because you can't yeah. change the fixed moment you know and that's the only thing once you get your mind around that and that's I, I that's think it the, the way that's handled is really clever as well with the intercutting of the of the doctor telling winston churchill emperor of the holy roman empire um the uh you know with him telling the story of what happened to mean the time has stood still i think that was incredibly clever the way it was cut in as well was just mm. gave the right kind of level of humor and um the word i'm looking for is exposition there we go mm-hmm. Ooh, words. and just the same level of dread also which Obviously, I didn't really feel on the repeat viewing, but the first time you see it and you realise that they've both been running and he's got a gun mm-hmm. and he's got a spear and they've been defending themselves. And Do you then know what? There's he some... turns his arm over and it's covered in it's covered in notches and you just think, ah! There's a plenty of scares throughout the episode. If I'd been six and watching that, I'd have been occasionally pretty, ah! Are you talking about the bit where the silence presses against the glass? Yeah. And it's almost like they're pressing on the television screen. Yeah, the, the, the TV the starts breaking. As well. Yeah, the skulls in that in that chamber. I really liked the fact that you had Dorian in a box, just the head. I thought he's quite a funny character. He's an interesting kind of an interesting source for the Doctor to find out what's going on yes. as well. I had a bit of a quibble with the skulls because as we go as they go down, Mister. Viking tranny person. Mark Gatiss, in fact. Oh, my, Mark Gatiss. Um, he says, oh, look at the skulls. They're all moving. They eat the rats. Because, you know, the headless monks, they behead people alive. Doesn't everybody get beheaded alive? Isn't think, that something you that do to kill joke. people? I didn't get it. Because, as you say, everyone's beheaded alive. That's, that is the joke. Do you know what I really liked was m- my mind went off into a whole kind of like... Um, essay writing thing of what would happen to time if it started dying because you see the thing that really got me was why would the clocks stop working if time had stopped I was thinking surely they're mechanical things and the mechanics of the clock would still work 
But then I thought, ah, but they've invented atomic clocks, haven't they, that are sent up into space to find out if Einstein's theory of general relativity and whatnot actually works or not. And when the atomic clocks come back, one has measured less time than the other, depending on the different speeds they're going at. So if something happened to time, maybe mechanical clocks would actually stop. Well, what I thought, I, I just thought it was as simple as a fixed point in time hasn't happened, so time can't get past that moment. I thought, why the heck does that Silurian have a watch? What's the point of having a watch? <laughs> it's just, just you may as well draw a pair of hands on your wrist like kids do when they don't have a watch themselves. Because it's not history is going ahead. It's all history is happening at that one moment. Mm. So the bit that we see... It, that's always happened, and everything is already always happening. The only bit that, where you can you move forwards at all is if you're close to the Doctor, mm. which is the epicentre of the explosion. So, so it's not like if everything is happening in that moment. That Their conversation, the way it progresses, the, the beginning of the conversation, far after the conversation has ended, everything in time is happening at that one second between so, the so tick and the top of the clock. So you're kids being chased by pterodactyls around the park forever and ever and ever. Yeah, to, to use... Like to, a jackboot stumping on a upturned face. To, to use your kind of metaphor, it's like having a dam on a tidal river. You get the the bits that, are, that first reach it and then it's like time is washing up against this one fixed point of time. So f- bits from further back are hitting the same point oh. and joining until it's kind of... the, the That's a fantastic rises. visual metaphor. But obviously you couldn't present that in a TV programme that no. way, and so they've had to actually thread a sort of a, a cohesive but it's chronology through it. how time or days and nights are still going past. They still have days and nights, because they say they do. So it's, time is somehow detached from cause and effect. It's time well, as a dimension yeah. is... Is, but is stopped, but all that everything else answer. is still that's, happening. But yeah. that's, that's how we measure time. That's how the world moves. That's the physical movement of the Earth rather than the actual measurement of time and the progression mm. of time. Yeah. Actually, so that whole episode happened within that second. Mm. It all happened mm. at once. It didn't happen one after the other. The whole thing just happened and resolved itself and kept going, which is why the first time we saw it in The Impossible Astronaut... We didn't see it because it was just a second that winked past. Do you know what I like? I really like the idea of the test selector, right? When the doctor gives the test selector the four envelopes to deliver. I think the test selector test selects into a postman to deliver the one to Amy and Rory. <laughs> I think so too. We, we see the postman deliver the letters. I yes, think that's the do. test selector. Yeah. Oh, yeah, do you, do you not think that the test selector would hand it over to Royal Mail? It would be a bit like, no. oh, no, that's no. not going to happen. I, no, I think the test selector would be like, no, I'm going to deliver these for you, Doctor. But, but think of all the the, the, the the poor postman that had to die for the test selector to take its place. No, he never. the test selector didn't kill. He would have just miniaturised it and absorbed him or something. Or locked right. him in a boom. Or let him tied killed. up in, a, in the sorting office for a well, nice I suppose that's or... what they did with the doctor, isn't it? Well, they didn't leave him in the sorting office, but you know. They don't have to kill him to no. take his place. Give him the day off, you know. Say, go and spend the day in a cafe with your paper. I was going to say, if they killed him, that would explain the poor postal service. <laughs> boom, Royal Mail, boom. Take that. Wouldn't <laughs> want to be Royal Mail right now. <laughs> no one would. <laughs> Political. Do you think we should actually talk about the fact that the Doctor marries River Song? And that's... That, that's mm. hardly the point of the episode, but, is it? But does, do, but does he... Does he marry the Tesselector and therefore he marries everyone inside the Tesselector? Yeah, River Song 
basically if that if Sorry, that she not he yeah if that ceremony is is real then she is now married to everyone who manned the tesselect so she's a multiple mini bigamist <laughs> unknowing quite one a well. contra- that's a bit of a sort of an oxymoron isn't it a mini bigamist and they're possibly f- <laughs> and the tesselect is full of poss- potentially mini bigamists as well because they might already be married that's true <gasps> They just didn't oh. think this through, did they? I actually found that scene incredibly touching because she tells him that the reason she can't let him die is that she really, really loves him. She loves him more than anything else. She loves him too much to let him die. She loves him so much she, she'll let the universe die. And then so he realises the only way of getting them to touch is to say, OK, let's get married then and then we can kiss. And then, you know, he's, he says, I... I accept your love and it's wonderful. Let's get married then. If that's the last thing I'm going to do sort of thing. I think it's really touching. But also let's get married so you can be close enough to look in my eyes and see. Yes, that as well. Without knowing that I'm going to make a grab at you. It's sort of talking to the fans because those of us that have seen uh, Forest of the Dead Mm. know that she knows his name. You know, there'd be no other way for the Doctor to whisper to her without us going, what did he say at that mm. last moment? We were all thinking, oh yeah, that's his name. That's, um, that's uh, you know, that's our callback to Forest of the Dead. But yeah. really, it was uh, that was where the twist was. That was where the sleight of hand was, which mm. is uh, a brilliant bit mm-hmm. of narrative jiggery-pokery on the part mm-hmm. of Moffat, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool too. Very nice. And can I say, it's nice to have 80s blue lightning back again. Because I th- all films with 80s blue lightning are brilliant. Back to the Future, in it, Short Circuit. And Andrew, in, in films that we grew up watching, yeah. lightning was blue. Yes. Like light. the Emperor in Return of the Jedi. Oh, they are a bit like that, except for like probably a bit more attractive. Big like, Trouble in Little China. Like the posters for Short Circuit. Yeah, everywhere. I love blue lightning. It's it's almost a guarantee of quality, blue mm. lightning. Mm-hmm. And isn't the, the physicality of the movement yeah, of the silence was... doing that, which I'm doing their shooty, shooty thing through their fingers, which I'm doing in a minute towards Laura. It's very, I am very frightened. Listeners, it's isn't, very, very camp. Isn't that... Isn't that terrifying? It's, it's very terrifying. It's Paul, Paul yes, Casey camp. and his movement, isn't it? It's, yeah. well, well, you said, you said what I was thinking, and it's very Nosferatu. Nosferatu. It is. It's yeah. a really good callback to a lot of earlier, particularly silent films, when the emphasis had to be in the movement. Silence and films. <laughs> oh. So funny. Hey, do you know the bit that um, I found probably the most moving was was actually a really cheesy bit where they talk about the distress beacon that she's put up on the roof. And she says, I couldn't let you die without letting you know how much the universe <laughs> loved you and uh, that all the sunspot activity and radio interference had been caused by all the vil- millions of voices coming back. Oh, yes, Doctor, Doctor, we love you so much. But that just made me think, when you stick something up on YouTube, <laughs> even if it's something really, really sincere, like the Doctor is dying, please, please help us, you automatically get a whole load of comments like, oh, the Doctor's mum is so fat. <laughs> oh, Justin Bieber is the best. Oh, I'm going to kick your face in. And that sort of stuff. And wouldn't it be amusing if some of the messages were like that? <laughs> I, I would, if the if the Daleks had sent the Justin Bieber one. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Bieber would, rules. Would explain a lot. Right, everyone. 
We finally got all the information we need on the silence. It's being installed on the iDrives now, so please make sure you've got yours on. What good's that going to do? We'll all know what we're facing then, won't we? Easier to defeat the enemy you can see. Have you been reading those Art of Warfare books again? What if I have? I love Sansu. Captain Williams? Yes, Doctor. Have you been letting your wife read those books again? What books? And what wife? Oh, for goodness sake. You mean you haven't taken her out for a drink yet? No, sir. Never mind. I'll do it for you then. In a minute. First, do what she's saying. Why is no one listening? Put on your eye drives, you too, Doctor. Ooh, no thanks. Have a phobia of things going near my eyes. Doctor, please. Unless it's eye drops. Or, actually, in the regeneration one I needed glasses, I tried contact lenses then. They weren't bad. Just no sharp things. Doctor, just please do this one thing. But it's got a little sticky out bit that plugs in somewhere. I know. But I don't have any sockets. How's that going to work? Just try it. It doesn't damage the eyes, Doctor. Don't worry. Oh, all right. I'll do it with my eyes closed then. There. Thank you. Right, you should be able to access the information on the silence now. What's that noise? I think it's me, ma'am. Sorry. What's going on? Rory. I put the wrong eye drive on. This is the one with the best of John Barrowman. And you think that's my future husband, Doctor? So wrong. What I've waited for since, since birth And with all his doctor wisdom By my looks he won't be blinded The Brigadier was something yes, I wanted to that talk was about. very sweet. It was lovely to have... And that was... You know, he was going to just keep running. Mm. He had that, that beautiful speech about uh, how he could help Rose with it, her homework yeah. and go to every one of Jack Stag parties... Uh, he was go- he was quite prepared just to never get to that point or not for a, for a long time, and then that the idea that the brigadier wasn't there, mm. yeah, it's like oh that, that his friend had died. Time will catch up with even yeah. the doctor, mm. and Very that was sad. a spur. So the brigadier, even his last moment, helped save the universe. Did we all get the eye patch reference? Everyone's wearing eye patches. Yes, Andrew. Okay. Do you think all our listeners know it? Go on then, Andrew. Okay. Well, you see, back in 1970, there was a story called Inferno, which starred John Pertwee as the third Doctor. And when they were filming it, there was a bit where Nicholas Courtney had to play an alternative brigadier in an alternative universe. And he was called the Brigade Leader. And he wore an eye patch. And just to to take the mickey out of Nick Courtney, because they all had fun and larks and stuff in the filming... They all turned up to work one day wearing eye patches. And so Nicholas Courtney turned around in his big black supervillain chair with his eye patch, expecting everyone to look really scared of him. But they were all laughing and pointing because they were wearing eye patches. Ha ha ha. But more fool them because everybody kept walking and falling down flights of stairs because they had no depth perception. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but you I don't, don't think it is true. When you've only got one eye, then you do lose depth perception slightly. Wouldn't they have all shouted, ha ha! <laughs> I'm so used to making jokes for Luke now. This is just embarrassing. Carry on. I like the way that Moffat has started to create a whole universe for the Doctor. I felt like in the classic series, it was almost like you started again every week. You know, no planets. It was very rare the planets came back and planets talked to each other and life went on when the Doctor wasn't there. You didn't get that sense. Mm. And I really like this well, this universe that has been created now. Um, 
that that talk that has a police force that has a justice department that travels through time I like all that stuff so I think that's amazing but there's also the other side of it in that we have now had a season that has had a whole arc to it and has been very interdependent Stephen Moffat himself has said he doesn't want to do that again. He wants mm. to flip the lever the other way. He said that they had never got more press than they did for just the title Let's Kill Hitler and so that every episode of the next season is going to be an amazing idea. Mm. Like 13 amazing ideas. So what do we think of that? Mm. Are we ready for standalone for storytelling? Let's save or... <laughs> <laughs> Never. No, for big standalone storytelling ideas. Fear her too. <laughs> no, I yes, think it's a great thing. It's actually are. really what I do want because I did find in this series that the plot arc of the death of the Doctor and how do they get out of that and the way it kept on surfacing throughout stories and the strange eye patch woman appearing throughout mm. the episodes. I found that really distracting. I I, I like Doctor I, Who as an anthology series of separate yeah, stories. I, I agree, and I think actually some of the 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 standalone stories sort of had to suffer because of the arc. I'm thinking of the pirate one, Curse of the Black Spot, which had things added to it to make it part of the arc, uh, which meant they had to cut other things out, which really confused some of the plot with missing characters and things like that, which I think it may have improved it a bit. I quite enjoyed it. I don't care about anyone thinking it's a rubbish story. I quite enjoyed it. And I think, uh, other than that, some of the standalone stories were some of my favourites. I, I, I can't really avoid saying The Doctor's Wife. I loud. can't stop saying The Doctor's Wife. Mm. Or the God Complex, or no, yeah. the girl who waited. Are just or those... indeed the Doctor's wife. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes, it was a bit like the Star of Africa in the crown jewels of a series. Ooh. The Doctor's wife. <laughs> Here's something that I think, right, is that we have this prefiguring of the fall of the 11th Doctor at the fields of... What's it called? Tramampoline. <laughs> Trifusis. No, it's Tr- not that. Um, this makes me feel sad because it feels to me as if perhaps Matt Smith will leave at the end of the next series. Well, he has said he's staying until the 50th anniversary, 2013, mm. but that could be the next series. It is the next series because so, yeah. um, they're pushing it back mm. to be winter viewing. Mm, which I, I heartily approve of. Yes. Yeah, it's nice um, when we get there, but now we're we're looking at maybe nine months without Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> and not even a special insight to seat our hunger. Mm. What are we going to do for the next nine months on the Udcast? Well, I, I've got Sherlock to watch for the next uh, two weeks. Yeah! <laughs> I'm sure our fans will be saying something along the lines of, well, they'll probably get the Christmas special review out by then. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't, Sorry, don't bank guys. on it <laughs> but what do we think though does anyone else sort of share my pain that Matt Smith will leave soonish yeah I'd, I would prefer if he stayed for a, a, a lot long longer long time but mm. especially seeing as Benedict Cumberbatch or Sherlock as he's otherwise known has said that he's really not sure that he could play the Doctor and he would be the only other person who I'd instantly think yeah Doctor mm. <laughs> out of all the very many actors in or indeed actresses in yes. the entire wide world I'm I'm happy for Matt Smith to leave. I think he's brilliant, what? but I I will be okay with him leaving. Mm. What I'm not going to be okay with is Stephen Moffat leaving. I yeah. can't think of a single person, yeah. except for Neil Gaiman, who would never do it, who could take over at this point, who has the full skill set. Mm. There's people who write brilliant dialogue. There's people who have great characterization. There's people that have plot twists. And there's people who can run whole series. 
but mm. someone who can do all of that stuff to the standard that we need now to keep Doctor Who flying high in the schedules and be that sort of jewel in the BBC's scheduling crown. I can't think of anyone. No, I agree. I'm a no. bit worried that it's going up against Strictly. <clears throat> I'm not worried at all about that. It's on the same channel. Mm. Hello, sweetie. Evening, River. It is evening, isn't it? It's not so easy to be sure when we're on Zeta Phalamus 6. The sky's permanently green, whatever time of day it is. It is. Dinner time, in fact. How lucky. I am quite peckish. You promised me dinner too, you know. Did I? You know you did. Right. Of course I did. You could buy me a drink first, though. Is that the right way round? Oh, well. Then of course I will. Barman! Oh, I like a nice, forceful mash. Ah, barman, could we have, um, two virgin intergalactic gargle blasters, please, on the rocks? And don't scrimp with the stirring. I like a good stirring. You're telling me. Stop it. Now, what next? Well, you could chat me up. Okay, um, how do I do that? You've seen other people doing it, haven't you? Well, not really. Have a go. All right. How would you like to step out for some, um... Texting and scones. Try again. No? Okay. How about for some Googling and Viennese whirls? No closer. Some Skyping and chocolate digestives? No. Ah, never mind. Uh, What about some tweeting and macaroons? Does tweeting mean what I think it does? Almost certainly not. Well, then no. Oh, really? Right. Well, think, Doctor, think... How about some stargazing and crumpets? Now you're talking. Get your coat. Here's another thing for me, right? Is the Moffat taking on very, very tricky subject by potentially revealing the who in Doctor Who? Well, that's assuming he does actually reveal anything. He's got a game plan. Yeah. He's not. It's not going to be just like... And the answer is, what did we say it was? Um, somebody McCaramel. Gregory, Gregory McCaramel. Gregory McCaramel. Time, yeah. time But it's not who mm. is he, but it's more kind of like some big secret way back. Because the doctor says to Churchill, if you knew a man who had a terrible secret that must never be told, what would you do? And Churchill says, well, if I have to, then obviously, I suppose the answer is to get rid of the man. But... Moffat loves the series as much as we do. Mm. And he... I'm sure he sees taking on Doctor Who as being uh, the curator for a period and then knowing that at the end of it, you've got to put it back as you left it, more yeah. or less, mm. for the next guy. And I'm sure he knows that too. I am have absolute and will forever have absolute <laughs> confidence in him. Hurrah! Hooray! Inside the Tesselector's special effects department. You know what, Phil? I never wanted to be a special effects technician for a time-travelling human-shaped spaceship. Didn't you, Clive? Nah. I wanted to be a baker. I wanted to decorate cakes. Yeah, indulge your artistic side. Exactly. You've got a nice eye for detail, Clive. You'd have been good at that. Thanks, Phil. It's what makes you such a good special effects technician. Ah, stop it now. You're embarrassing me. Nah, I mean it. Like last week where you improvised that gunshot wound out of the belly button hatch and 15 sachets of tomato ketchup. That was uh, masterful. Thanks, Phil. But, you know, that's what we do, isn't it? Handle all the special operations and effects not in the test selector's core programming. I know, but you've got to take pride in your work, haven't you? Every once in a while, it's nice to step back and look at what we've achieved. 
Like the time we had to write that funky chicken dance subroutine. Yeah, and operate one leg each. Good times. Oh, do you remember designing the Mohican? Oh, God, that was an all-nighter, wasn't it? I never want to see another follicle bed for as long as I live. (laughs) Then there was that whole rubbing his belly and patting his head at the same time thing. And going cross-eyed. Yeah, making the noise. Oh, and the the facial expression for awe. I can't believe they hadn't pre-programmed that nightmare. I'd forgotten about that, actually. Good times. Hey, remember... Oh, just a sec, Clive. Uh, Call's coming through from the bridge. Yes, sir? You need the ship to do what, sir? No, no, but we've never attempted something like that before. Isn't there a chance of electrocution, sir? Oh, of course. No, 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 I understand, sir. We'll get right on it. What is it? They need the ship to kiss someone. What? Kiss. They need it to kiss a woman. But that's crazy. We've never attempted anything like that before. Won't we electrocute her? That's what I said. Do we have time to plan it out? That's a negative, Clive. It's happening right now. They're transferring control to our terminal in five, four, three... Good luck, Phil. You too, mate. Let's do this. Okay, lips are hot. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Moving face to intercept vector. Watch the nose. Increase simulated blood flow to cheeks. Parting mouth aperture to f-stop 2.1. Tongue at 15%. Increasing moisture level by 15. Watch the hands gently now. Don't pour at her. Treating her like a lady. Affirmative. Activating mild electric current across the entire oral aperture. What's that for? It'll be a nice tingling sensation. Like they made a spark. Nice one. Assessing breath potency. Adjusting composition. We're starting to overheat. Rerouting power to the fans. Where can I vent the air? Use the ears. Good call. What happened? We're losing suction. We, we've had a, a tooth collision. Damn it. Retracting front teeth. Assessing damage. Close the eyes. We're just staring at her at close range. It looks weird. The engines can't take much more of this. Saliva glands are working overtime. We've had a suction lock breach. We're being boarded. We're under attack. Preparing countermeasures. Negative, Clyde. Belay that command. That's just her French kissing us. Nice catch, Phil. Powering down weapon systems. Let's bring this baby home. It's going to be close. All systems are at maximum. Never seen pressure like this. The cheek integrity is compromised. We've lost the tonsils. Hang on in there. Just a few seconds more. Come on. Don't let us down now. Don't let us down now. Ugh. Lips disengaged. Eyes set to content. Standing down. <sighs> we did it, Phil. We did it. All systems are returning to normal. Damage the ship within acceptable parameters. Snog achieved. I repeat, snog achieved. Right. I need a cigarette. Well, that is uh, the first uh, of the Oodcast coming back. Hope uh, you're glad that we're back. We are ecstatic uh, to have finally all got together again and started recording. Um, We will hopefully be back very quickly with our review of the Christmas episode. But before that, we have our 50th episode. Um, And we we wanted to ask whether any of you guys wanted to send in some audio feedback for that. It's kind of traditional for a Doctor Who podcast on a big anniversary episode like our 50th to ask people to send in uh, sort of audio recordings. Nothing over two minutes, please, uh, because we hope want to fit some stuff in it as well. But if you have any feedback, particularly any songs or sketches that you really loved, and we hope to do a sort of best of compilation. So if you could introduce your favourite bit of the Ucast, then we will put them all together. Uh, if you don't have audio recording then just send us an email and we will dramatise it using silly voices. (laughs) And hand gestures. Yes. So if you could send those audio files or those emails to 
theoodcast at me.com or put them on Facebook if they are just text. That is facebook.com slash theoodcast. That would be lovely. Yes. Thank you very much. Even people from the Midlands, because we love yow. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I've just realised that we are so out of practice that we didn't introduce ourselves so let's quickly introduce ourselves and say goodbye <laughs> so this is chris sigma saying true and oh also laura sigma also saying uh, bye-bye and um good luck uh, this is chris alpha saying um goodbye and i hope you're having a lovely new year wow i get the last word okay make it good make it good okay make it good this this is andy saying Stolen by Madame Clavarian to try and kill the doc Just a matter of time before his will run out Almost did in Germany I kissed him on the mouth I spent my first day years stuck in captivity Inside an astral suit But that was not the life for me Escaped and died and caught on fire Watched my parents flirt Gave me the biggest smile Whoa, I never meant to brag But I could have broken anyhow Whoa, it was never my but I know so much more than you now But God, oh my heart is sore A will say will come for me To hear the words he's not heard before When I say hello, sweetie Hello, sweetie Gave myself a second chance to prove that people always change All my lives to reclaim his That could be a fair exchange Down by the lakeside I put in their traps but I'm passing up the time to laugh Well, there's a million other lies And none of them like you Looking as innocent as possible And saying I do A secret I can keep inside me In a cage of storms What I choose, what I choose, what I choose Whoa, I never meant to brag But I'm really shocked at shooting now Whoa, smoking soldiers is just my bag He'll catch me when I fall Shadows in the library Even angels won't set me free And I can call Roman cavalry Watch my wildest dreams come true Each one of them